Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bishop. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. I am glad that you're hanging out with us because the goal of this podcast is to equip and encourage us to live a life that is unhindered and unleashed. And each week, we will talk about a topic that is meant to spark ideas and give us ways to grow, get unstuck, gain new insights, and compel us to action as we journey together to play full out and live fully into who we were created to be. Hey, please share this podcast with others when you listen, leave comments and reviews, because when you review the podcast, it gains more visibility to others. Well, we are entering into a new year. Hello, 2018. And on our show today, we're going to give you tools to position yourself to grow, transform, and achieve your goals. As we pursue living a life unleashed, it's important to reflect on and review the past year, the growth we experienced, accomplishments we achieved, as well as things that may have hindered us in our productivity and our focus. And to live fully into this new year, it's important to plan and position ourselves to continue on the path to growth and transformation. Well, to help us do that, I have invited my good friend, James Perkins, on our show today. And a little bit about James. He is a business mindset coach and counselor who is passionate about helping people master their mindset. His specialty is working with aspiring entrepreneurs and helping them master their mindset so they can make more income, more impact in their business by fulfilling their God-given purpose. James spends his time coaching, developing online programs, and hosting transformational events and seminars that help people and entrepreneurs entrepreneurs maximize their potential. He's married to his gorgeous wife, Camila, and they have a two-year-old named Avery, affectionately known as Baby Hulk. I love that, James. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be on the phone with you today. Lisa, I am so excited. I've been looking forward to this for the last couple of weeks, so I'm really grateful to be on the Unleashed podcast with you today. <laughs> I'm so grateful too. And we were just talking a little bit uh, before the show and how I just love how God brings uh, people across your path and you just never know at the time exactly what that's meant for. But ever since that time we met in Panera, we were talking about some emotionally healthy spirituality yes, things. Yes. I was like, this is a good dude. This is a man of the Lord. I love this guy. And your wife, Camila, she's awesome. And then since we'd met, you've had your son, Avery. I love you. Call him Baby Hulk. T- tell us a little bit more about that. What's going on? I can. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> my wife never thought I was a uh, active child because as you probably met, but we found out I could be kind of laid back. And so to see uh, just how full of energy my son is, she was like, where is this coming from? And, uh, <laughs> you know, she's had conversations with my siblings. And I'm like, yeah, James, he was like this when he was younger. And uh, so he is full of energy. As I was mentioning, uh, we just discovered that he can now get out of the playpen. <laughs> and uh, so there have been several instances these last couple of weeks where he showed up behind us and we're like, oh. hey, where did you come from? Oh, my gosh. And I uh, realized he's putting one foot over the playpen, put the other one over it and getting out. And uh, so... Oh, man, we're at that stage now. We're like, man, we got to think of some way to help this kid. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You you are entering into a whole new phase where he can get around and you you never you have to keep your eye on him at all times. I do. And it's uh, it's amazing. You know, uh, to be honest, I'm really learning a lot about myself and about parenting just with this whole process of uh, walking with him seeing how he develops. Uh, learning a lot of new lessons, fun lessons, uh, a lot of challenging ones, but I would not give it up for anything in the world. Yeah. What What's one thing that you have learned about yourself since becoming a daddy? I think one of the things I learned very early is uh, about patience. You know, I've always considered myself to be a very patient person, but my son, he knows even very early how to test your limits. And it's, <laughs> and it's, I see myself in him in so many ways. I think all of us have this, uh, knack of wanting to do things ourselves. We're at the stage now where his independence is kind of coming out. Oh no. <laughs> and, uh, 
And uh, so he wants to do things his way. He wants to, you know, pull daddy or pull mommy to do it. And we're like, no, Avery, this is not how we're going to do this. And, uh, and so sometimes I would, I get irritable and the Lord is like, Hey, you need to be patient with mm-hmm. him. Just like I am with you. Wow. And, uh, I don't really like to hear that part. I kind of try to suffocate the voice of the spirit sometimes. Yeah. Cause I'm like, no Lord, he needs to learn. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so that's one of those early lessons I've learned so far in, uh, parenting, uh, my big, I call him my big boy. He really is a grown man. He has a mustache. He's only two years old, but he has a mustache. <laughs> oh, come on. That's something people get <laughs> laugh about when I tell him, yeah, he was born with a mustache. It's like, no lie. I can show you his baby pictures. He has a oh mustache. See the milk on it? Oh, You're my like, gosh. What is that? Yeah, so I'm enjoying parenthood so far. Oh, and how long have you and Camila been married? Seven years. Wow. I couldn't believe it's been seven years. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I've had the privilege of meeting her at the, um, you did an event, gosh, probably a year or two ago and had a chance to meet her. She's lovely. And as you say, gorgeous in every way and what a great team you guys make. Well, Hey, thanks again for hanging out on the podcast today. We, we share a similar passion in really helping people to transform and grow and live yes. fully into who they were created to be. And so I'm just really excited about chatting with you today. And as we were kind of going back and forth over the last couple of weeks on what we think could really add meaning and value for listeners, you mentioned something called the year-end review process that you do. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so about uh, four years ago, I'd be, I think 2014, I started this and I really adopted this uh, from one of the, uh, call my virtual mentor, Michael Hyatt. Um, he's, he has probably been doing it for longer than I'd have, uh, but he, uh, made it available to walk people through it. And I found it very useful for a couple different reasons. One is it allowed me to really capture, um, the kind of like the overall essence of what took place, uh, for the previous year. It allowed me to, uh, really kind of process, uh, the life events that took place that year. Sometimes we're so... Lisa, in a rush that we actually don't sometimes give intentional space to kind of process uh, life events and actually really to just kind of sit down and figure out, you know, what's what's going on in life at the mm. current stage that we're in. And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that if we don't look at our past, you know, we're bound to repeat it. And uh, so over the last couple of years, I've just kind of adopted uh, my own tools, kind of added to it to really, uh, you know, kind of make if you will, make it fit where I'm at in my life stage. And, um, you know, I've been very grateful to kind of do this for the last, uh, since 2014, uh, it'll be third year doing this. And uh, it's been actually one of the things I've really looked forward to at the end of the year and of hopefully actually trying to um, reproduce it throughout each quarter of the year so I'm not actually wait until the end of the year to kind of do a whole chunk of processing per se. Right, right. Uh, but to kind of help me to kind of really maintain my momentum throughout the year. And uh, so it's kind of been one of those tools that it's really helped me to, in my own personal and spiritual growth, and I uh, look forward to sharing it with your listeners on today. Yeah, and that's a really good point, too, because uh, some of you may be tuning in, and it may already be February, March, April, May, and that's okay. Because you, yes. can, you can review any part of your year at any <laughs> yes, time, yes, right? It doesn't absolutely. just have it doesn't just have to be on the first day of the new year. We get stuck, yes, absolutely. We get stuck in that mindset sometimes. So, what are some things that you, upon doing your year-end review process this past year, what what are some things that surprised you? Uh, one of the things um, I think initially that surprised me is uh, my growth in uh, personal growth in certain areas. One, um, I'm not sure if I shared this with you, um, but I had um, earlier on um, had a really, really, I won't say rocky relationship with uh, my father, uh, but my father, he was very physically present in a lot of ways, but kind of emotionally absent growing up. And, um, earlier on, before we got married, I really had this, um, kind of come to Jesus conversation, kind of shared my experience. And, uh, little did I know that that would be the, um, really the change of the tides in our relationship over the last, uh, seven years, um, that me and my wife have been married, particularly on this year though. Um, I transitioned back to, 
uh, North Carolina at the beginning of April. Now, why this is important is uh, one of my mentors, uh, which you may already know, Pete Scazzaro. Yeah. You know, he says, um, we know we are growing in our personal and spiritual growth when we are around our family of origin and we don't revert back to when we were nine. Ooh, that's good. Oh, man. And when he said that, uh, when he said that, Lisa, I was like, I was like, wow. And this is probably a couple of years since I heard that. And it was funny because when he said it, I realized even how sometimes I would revert back to kind of my role Mm. in my family of origin when I would go and visit. Mm. And so this year when I moved back, we've been back for seven months. uh, Now, I noticed how I just maintained who I was. I I didn't revert back to, uh, you know, my role in early family of origin or uh, adopt some of those patterns that I kind of picked up. But I really just, I really felt like I was centered uh, wow. just being back. And so that was one of the things as I sit down, as I sat down rather to do my year in re- review process and just kind of process life events, process, you know, my interactions with, you know, my family members. That was one of the things that I noticed uh, right off the bat. And uh, it really brought me great joy. That is awesome. High five. You know what? And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I can totally relate to that, knowing especially that you've grown in that relational area with family that you don't have the same triggers or, you know, the same thing that that happens or has happened for the last, you know, decades happens again, but you just have a different reaction to it. I mean, that I've, I've slowly seen growth in that, but it's so rewarding to be able to look back and be like, wow, God has really grown me in this area. And so what, what, that's amazing. What a great thing to be able to reflect on a great area of growth. Yeah, I was really, uh, my wife was even surprised. She was like, you know what, you seem a lot more centered and uh, less reactive. Uh, Pete talks about, you know, differentiation. He said the, the level of us not being able to react or uh, actually the re- react is probably the better word. Uh, the level of our reactiveness around our family of origin reveals, you know, our growth. Mm. And so the more that we re- reactive um, tells us something, hopefully should tell something about ourselves. But if we're able actually to respond, our response is actually something that's more thought out. Uh, it's more conscientious. We're actually thinking about what we're doing, what we're saying, how we're responding. Reactive is just, hey, you know, if I were to hit you, immediate trigger would be for you to kind of put your hand up. Hmm. And uh, we don't want to be reactive in life. Yeah, that's so good. Well, what I love about this process, and we're going to we're going to get into that now, is that we really or in this year end review process, you really talk about pretty much every area of our life that we need to take a look at and, and the physical part of our life, spiritual, emotional, the educational part of our lives, our career, our relationships, our recreation, you really you really run the gamut. So tell us a little bit about what does the year end process consist of? Perfect, perfect. So there are four parts uh, that comprise the year in review process. I'll go over the parts and then we can kind of get into uh, detail in each one of them. First part is reviewing and completing the past. So essentially that's <clears throat> reviewing uh, the events of the year. So 2017, what kind of took place uh, throughout that year. And I also say complete because a lot of times while we wait, while we may review our past year, we actually don't come to terms with it. Hmm. And I think one of the things that we ought to do um, as we review our past, review this previous year, is actually come to terms with the fact that it's over, that it's literally over. There's nothing that we can do to change it. Uh, There's nothing we cannot go back and have conversations There's no words that we can take back. Everything that's been said has been said. Everything that's been done has been done. And why why is it important to acknowledge that? It's important, one, to acknowledge that because we don't want to carry a sense of regret over into the next year. Mm. Oftentimes when I, and this is probably one of the uh, things that I've struggled with probably in my past and in my history, is just regret. And when regret arises, it really has the capacity to not only complicate our relationships, um, but in a lot of ways it kind of clouds our perspective about life, about others, 
about God because we're carrying really our, in essence, carrying our past into our future. And there's no way for us to really clearly see our future with our past and in front of it, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I've never, you know what? I've never, I've thought, I've always thought about reviewing the past, but I love you adding that part about being complete with it because if we're not complete with it, you can't take back what you can't take back. Right. Correct. And, um, people have more often made decisions out of shame and regret than they've actually made decisions out of just living full hearted. And what I live, mean by li- what I mean by living full hearted is making decisions uh, based off what's taking place in the present, not what's taking place in the past. There are things that you can learn from your past that I think you should take and uh, make them useful. But taking, um, if you will, the, the bitterness and resentment, all that, the anxiety of the past year, that's something you don't want to take into your new year. Mm-hmm. So I'll say complete the past because I think that's really important. Wow. Uh, yes. So the second part is embracing the present. Uh, that's really um, taking time to actually, I uh, call it kind of have a woo-sai moment uh, where you just kind of clear your head <laughs> and acknowledge, okay, what's happened has happened. Now I need to one, and literally when I say take some time, um, literally as I complete my year in reprocess or as I complete the first part, I just take about 10 minutes just to clear my head, just to uh, still my body, uh, to get connected. Sometimes I might put on some worship music, hmm. pray, uh, but it's really intentionally just me just taking in that time, those deep breaths, just to kind of center myself and realize that, man, okay, this year has ended. Mm. And now the gift that I have now is a gift of the present. And so one of the ways, and we'll talk about that, is uh, going through a gratitude exercise. And we'll get to that as we come back to it. Okay. Uh, the third part is looking to the future. That's really where we're looking forward to 2018, the next year. And um, looking at what's possible for 2018 based off what's taken place in 2017. What is God making possible? And I believe God absolutely leaves, I won't say clues, but leaves evidence of what we're to plan for the next year as we look through the lens of the previous year. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah. So as we're looking through the lens of the previous year, I believe God sets us up for what to be expecting and for what goals we can anticipate to, to set uh, that I think will honor him for the next year. Wow. And then the last part is just maintaining the momentum. You know, after you have uh, reviewed and completed your past, you've embraced the present, uh, you're looking forward to the future, kind of set some goals for yourself for the new year, what you're anticipating, what you're expecting. The last part is you want to better maintain that momentum, that energy. Um, obviously, we you know a lot of people want to set New Year's resolutions, uh, to begin the year, and some of those are going to fizzle out. Uh, but I really want to help people kind of maintain that momentum uh, throughout the course of the year. And really that, in essence, is really getting people to uh, connect with um, their goals in a more deeper way, mm-hmm. kind of understand why they're, con- uh, why they're setting their goals uh, for the new year. Uh, because most often people, when we set goals, we don't have to cons- actually consider what are the implications of me reaching that goal or not reaching that goal? Why is that goal so important? Mm -hmm. And creating time throughout the course of the year to really connect with our why uh, will help us to maintain that momentum throughout the course of the year. Course of the year. Uh, One of my friends, Gail Hyatt, she says, you know, we lose our way when we lose our why. Hmm. And uh, so when we don't take time to really connect with why we're doing what we're doing, it's easy for us to lose our way. Right, right. That's good. That's good. You have to have yeah, a good why. We can't just set these goals because they seem like kind of neat to achieve, but it has to Absolutely. be yep. yeah, really connected to a larger vision so that when we do feel a little bit like we're losing steam, we can remember, okay, why was this so critical for me in the first place? And we can reconnect with that. That's good. Great. I accidentally hit mute on my microphone. <laughs> yeah, so. We're keeping it real. <laughs> so tell us, so we've gone through the, the different parts of the year end process. So, so walk us through each one. 
Perfect. So there's seven questions um, I always ask myself at the end of the year. And it really essentially these questions serve as prompts because what will often take place is that when you ask yourself one of these questions, it will actually lead to some other questions that you may want to ask yourself personally, which is okay. So don't be um, strict, strict or got it just by these soul seven questions. But these are questions that are meant to be prompts to really help you uh, consider and reflect over the previous year. Uh, so I'll go through the seven. And then Lisa, if you want to ask me some specific questions about uh, some of these, feel free to do so. Yeah. And then one um, thing our listeners should know, too, is that in the uh, show notes and then at the end of this podcast, we're going to give them your website so they can actually download these questions. So you guys, if you're absolutely. driving or <laughs> please don't multitask, yes, <laughs> just listen to this podcast now. Your car on of me. <laughs> no, we don't want to start the new year out that way. So, okay, go for it. So then you're going to start right. with the review and complete the past questions. Absolutely. So the first question I ask is, you know, what were the major life lessons in 2017? Um, as we sit down to reflect over the past year, some of the lessons will automatically jump out to us as we just think about our year. Um, some of them lessons are probably consciously sitting at the surface of our minds. We already know, okay, this is definitely something that I learned over the uh, course of the year. Uh, the next question is, what did I accomplish, accomplish in 2017 that I was proud of? Mm. Um, one of the things that I um, often consider um, when I look back through my year is, you know, one of the things that I, one, was proud to proud to do, proud to be a part of, found a sense of fulfillment out, uh, at doing because oftentimes um, I want to be, I want to repeat those things. I want to create more space to do those things in the upcoming year. Um, third question, what were two or three major themes that kept reoccurring uh, this year? This is one of my favorite because I'm a firm believer uh, that our life um, our life is a story and every story has themes and themes essentially all those are reoccurring patterns that show up uh, consistently uh, one in a story but they also show up in our life and there are themes that are helpful that are positive that help to empower our life our life narrative but then there are also themes that are are not good that we want to one acknowledge and get rid of to be honest with you because we don't want certain themes uh, to continue throughout the narrative of our life because one, they don't serve us, they're not useful, they're limiting, and they hinder our progress, um, not only in our relationships, but our, hinder our progress in our work, in our careers, um, and obviously, most importantly, in our relationship with God. Yeah, what, what, so asked, what would be an example of like a, a positive theme and then a not so positive theme just to. Yeah. So one of the um, themes would be a theme of gratitude. And I'll get to this in the uh, embrace the present. Uh, but one of the themes and this actually I'll speak from my own personal experience uh, on this year. I found myself um, unlike and this is not patting myself on the shoulder. Uh, but I, I found myself being more grateful on occasion um, after circumstances did not go my way on this year. Hmm. Uh, this is it was a big year for me. We're transitioning, and um, there were several stressor points, just to be honest, in our marriage, with family, uh, just getting here. And there was definitely room for me to be, um, if you will, um, to complain and grumble. Sure. But I found myself really um, practicing a lot more gratitude this year. And to be honest, that opened up uh, one, it relieved a lot of anxiety on my on my behalf, on my part. But it also opened up a uh, greater sense of uh, connectedness with God just as I practice, made that a more conscientious practice um, in my life. You know, Paul talks about, you know, in everything, give thanks and while we may consciously know that's the reality um, of Scripture, sometimes we don't actually operate from that practically on a day-to-day -day, on yeah. a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, so, for me to be able to take more time intentionally just to practice that allowed me to really stay in a more positive, uh, thankful uh, state. Because I I think for for all of us, I know this to be true that our um, emotional state on a day-to-day -day basis um, is, ref is reflective of what we're focusing on. So 
um, you know, I always say, you know, where our focus is, you know, our emotions will be right behind that. So wherever our focus is, our emotional state follows that. So if our focus is on things that are positive, that are mm-hmm. uplift, most often our emotions are going to reflect that. But if our focus is on uh, things that are negative, that are not uplifting, that are not encouraging, that are not edifying to us, most often our emotional state is going to reflect that. We're going to feel discouraged. We're going to feel depressed. And we don't want to maintain that level, (laughs) maintain or make that a kind of a normal part of our life where we're always consistently living in a state of discouragement. So so you would say that your your positive theme this year was you just you were more grateful. So that that's a that's an example of a theme that reoccurred for you. They were like, wow, I've grown in this. I'm more grateful. Would Would a negative recurring theme be potentially impatience or anger where yes. we reflect on the past year and I'm like, wow, a reoccurring theme for me was I was yes. super impatient or I became easily irritated or angry. So those would be those would be not so healthy reoccurring patterns yeah. that we want to be aware of. Okay. Or themes. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, no question number four is what disappointments or regrets did I experience this past year? Um, this is really important for you to actually um, acknowledge and own your disappointments, um, you know, one of the things I often say, you know, in my work with uh, clients is, you know, God can't, <laughs> God will often not heal what we don't choose to reveal. And when we actually give space to actually acknowledge, hey, that I was hurt, that I was offended, um, that I was disappointed, this is what I regretted, mm. you know, gives we it gives space for God to come in. But if we don't acknowledge at least acknowledge and own up to what we're disappointed about. Uh, we're faking ourselves up because we all have disappointments. We all have regrets. Uh, we are flawed humans. Um, I almost say flawed humans, but we are living in a fallen world. And for the simple fact that we are imperfect, that we're not going to get everything right, we're going to always have regrets and always have disappointments. Right. So to acknowledge those is really important for you to do throughout the course of your year. And I love that you said that because I think sometimes we can Christian ease things. I shouldn't be disappointed. I shouldn't regret yes. it. It's like, no, it's disappointment <laughs> and regret is part of life, yeah. right? It's like, now, what do we do with the disappointment yes. and regret? Do we not acknowledge it? Because I think oftentimes on... Um, uncovered disappointments or uncommunicated disappointments or regrets can turn into kind of passive aggressive behavior or can turn into anger as I was talking about earlier. So it's super important. I'm so glad you brought that up that we just come honestly before God and ourself and maybe even confiding in another person. Hey, I was really disappointed in this, or this is something I really regret because as you said, that we experience ultimately more freedom because those places were able to, to, experience some healing and growth in. Yes. This is one of the reasons I really love David um, in the Psalms is because we really get a picture of the emotional tapestry that David experienced throughout his life. And we see obviously David at various points when he's joyful, when he's sad, when he's depressed, you know, David, I really call him a full hearted human being because I think he, uh, he understood that no emotion was off limits to God and whatever he experienced, whatever emotion that he faced, he brought that before the Lord. And so, mm. uh, you know, you, we see moments of anger, of sadness, of, of rage, you know, yeah. and when you see, uh, listen to David, he's talking about, you know, I wish you would, uh, you know, bash my enemies kids heads up against rocks. It's like, wow, yeah. is that in the Bible? <laughs> and you're like, this is David. This is the man who we call a man after God own a man after God's own heart, and he's talking and expressing his emotions in this way. Right. And uh, and so yeah, he really lived a full-hearted life and expressed, you know, his emotions, which really gave me permission to really explore and, um, like you said, not put on the Christian ease of you know I should be grateful, I should be thankful, I shouldn't be disappointed about this, but to really uh, be honest and um, live. An open heart of life. Uh, there's a book by, uh, I'm trying to think of an author, author's name now, I believe it's by um, uh, Chip Todd, I believe. I think it's called Full Hearted Living. Okay. Um, 
I can get the uh, topic for you. Uh, but one of, the, one of the things he makes a point out is that our emotions are, are entryways into um, or entry points into conversations with God. And oftentimes, because we don't express our emotions, we kind of restrict conversations with God because we're not honest with the emotions that we're facing. And uh, so the more opportunity we give to kind of express our emotion, obviously there are emotions we don't want to consistently uh, express towards people, um, but to at least acknowledge that we have that emotion on the inside of us can create a conversation that we can have for God with God and that can develop into something else. Yeah. And we can uh, acknowledge our emotions, but not be ruled by them. Right. Absolutely. So, and I, got yeah. And I love what you said too, is that we honestly, God want like, he knows anyways, it's like, hello, he knows a thought or an yes. emotion before <laughs> we even think or experience it. And, and so, we try to hide from him. Yeah, <laughs> oh my you know, goodness. Okay. Oh, so okay. that's good. So we want to look at our disappointments and regrets and then yes. number um, five. Yes, number five is, what were the top five limiting beliefs that helped me back from my dreams and aspirations? Hmm. I'm a firm believer uh, that a part of the big reason that we don't reach our goals and aspirations is not because God doesn't want us to, um, it's not because uh, people are getting in our way. It's really because of our own limiting beliefs. It's really because of our own mindset um, that holds us back from accomplishing I think some God-sized dreams, some God-sized uh, visions that he has for our life, um, our limited beliefs kind of get in the way of doing that. And so, for instance, you know, one of the limited beliefs that may emerge or that often is the case for a lot of people is they feel like I don't have enough. I don't have what it takes. Mm. And just those two things alone, um, if not, if they're not caught, will really rule your life. It really will put you in a kind of a victim mindset where you feel like, okay, I don't have enough. So there's only so much I can do. Um, instead of realizing that I have, this is one of the uh, passages I love that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so what that means is before we were even on this earth, before we were even a thought, um, in our mother's mind, God had already given us everything we were going to need for one, our life here on earth, but also for our relationship with him. And so because of that reality, we have everything we need, I believe, to accomplish uh, the purpose that God has put us on earth to accomplish. And when we adopt more of an abundance mindset that we have more than what we mm -hmm. need to accomplish, then, man, there will be nothing that we won't be able to go after because we are operating from a mindset of abundance. Yeah, instead of scarcity. That's good. Scarcity. Absolutely. Yeah. And we do that. We, we operate from a scarcity mindset because we look at what's in front of us and we have no idea what's around the corner. We don't have the big picture of things, but we're so yes. focused on. Yeah, that's good. And number six, it's um, as I'm looking, it says, what were the habits and routines that produced anxiety, negative emotions or hindered my productivity and focus? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So this is, I added this one uh, probably two years ago <clears throat> because I realized, you know, we, our habits really control our destiny, <laughs> mm -hmm. our habits, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, um, really it's a, uh, kind of break it down. Uh, I'm trying to think of the quote, John Maxwell, he says, you know, uh, our success is in our daily routine. Um, you know, we can set goals, uh, set aspirations, but what we do on a daily basis is going to really determine how we reach those, um, if we reach those goals and aspirations. And so I asked myself, you know, what are the things that I, um, the habits that kind of helped me back from accomplishing some of the uh, goals and things that I set for myself this year? And you won't believe what emerged for me, hmm. um, I think since 2014, is that, you know, I am, I'm 6'5", <laughs> I am uh, 200, and uh, at that time I think I was about 180 pounds. So on the outside, if you looked at me, you know, you would think, man, I'm a healthy guy. I, um, you know, I can eat anything. And this is, uh, this is, this is not good, but I'm just going to, we're talking about <laughs> honesty today. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest. And that's one thing I love about you. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> on the outside, you would think I'll be a healthy guy that I eat healthy. I'm slim, but I ate more, way more sugary junk mm. food than I, I wanted to eat. And um, 
how that connects is that really impacted my energy throughout the course of the day. And uh, so when there was something that I really needed to get done, because my sugar intake was so high, I didn't have enough energy to do it. And so I would start the task and I would crash and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do this later. And I found myself repeating that, Lisa. Interesting. So, much, so that I'm like, man, I really got to get rid of this. And I didn't realize how much uh, sugar was an addiction for me. Ugh. Love treats. Um, and and so just that simple theme of my sugar intake impacted me from reaching some of my goals on 2013 because I realized while I had delayed the goals and I kept pushing them off, really the root of it was I need to control and exercise more discipline in my sugar because that's impacting my physical and mental energy when I start to do certain tasks. And so if I can control that, be more disciplined and more moderate in that, that'll help me to accomplish uh, the tasks that I've set up to accomplish for whatever that day was, whatever that week. And so I'm not missing a whole bunch of tasks because I actually have the energy to actually do them. I think that's super interesting because sometimes we just stare so much at the problem that we don't step back and, and inquire of like, what, like what, what is really the issue here? Yes, I yes. just want to have a little sidebar on the sugar thing. Like I used to be a sugar addict, like, oh yes. my goodness, I would make a pan of brownies at 10 at night and those bad boys would be gone by 10 a.m. <laughs> in the morning. I'm, I could throw it down. And you know what? I I'm, I'm tall and, you know, for, by God's grace, I have like a, a slender build. So people would never know, but the same thing of, you know, yes. not being as productive or just Anytime we're addicted to anything, it's an it's an indication that we need to give it the boot. But this is probably seven, eight years ago. I actually eliminated ninety five percent of refined sugar, and wow. it like totally changed my palate. I need you to anoint me. Seriously, I mean, yes. it's so fascinating. Like, and I think listeners right now, you think we're crazy. We're talking about sugar, but man, if you yes. are, if, but if but if you're in consuming a lot of refined sugar, take a look at that because it, it does emotionally, physically, it, it has such an impact. And, and like anything, when I stopped eating refined sugar, let's say I'd be at a party and there's a cookie that looked really good. I'd take a bite and I'd actually like take the bite in and pay attention long enough to say like, Ugh, I don't even like the taste of this. Yes. Where, whereas before I'd take a bite and I'd be like, mm, I don't like this, but I'd take five more because I thought by the sixth bite it would taste good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. All that to say I'm with you, brother. Refined sugar has a way of just like keeping us from being focused yes. and productive. But let's refocus since I got us on a rabbit yes. trail. <laughs> and hit, What's the seventh question? Seventh question, I'll say this at the end of six. Sometimes um, it's really not as spiritual as we sometimes try to make it, you know, the root of our problem. Sometimes it simply is, Lord is like, you just need to cut down on your sugar and exercise more discipline. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. So, that's good. yeah, so number seven, what were the habits and, and our routines that helped me to experience greater level of fulfillment, productivity, or gratitude in 2017. So really, this is pretty much the opposite of the other question. It's essentially asking what are the habits and routines that actually help me to be more productive, uh, to keep me in a uh, more centered state, a more uh, productive state, uh, a more mood of uh, gratitude. And um, the question, well, I asked this stuff. I wanted to ask myself this question. I'm sorry for mumbling over my, over my words, but you're fine. I um, <clears throat> added this question because I really wanted to really get down to what are the things that um, are good habits for me that I really want to carry over to the next year. I actually wanted to acknowledge, you know, those habits that are holding me back and uh, get rid of those. But I really wanted to see, okay, what are the things in my life on this year that served me in a way that helped me to live, be more productive, be more grateful? I really wanted to capture those. So I actually spent a lot more time trying to capture those uh, than the questions in number six. You obviously want to spend time capture, capturing the answers to these questions. Uh, but I really spent a lot of time on number seven really to kind of really, if you will, kind of hack my life to see what was really uh, beneficial for me or beneficial to me in 2017. Yeah, so you can keep keep doing it and keep progressing Absolutely. in those areas. That makes total sense. So, all right, so those are really awesome questions. Woo, 
And I, how, how long does this pro whole process typically take? Do you take two, three hours? Probably more than that and coming back to it, right? Yes. Yeah, so this is, I'm, I forgot to mention that. So one of the, um, I will suggest you setting aside some time to actually go through it um, <clears throat> unhindered, so unrushed. Uh, you may schedule to go through it in like two parts. So you'll spend maybe a couple of hours, two hours by yourself, go to the coffee house or wherever. And uh, just kind of digest and process the question, these questions um, over two settings. But I really, uh, I'm a firm believer in scheduling time to do this. Just don't kind of let it happen out of happenstance, but actually make an intentional effort to say, hey, I'm going to schedule some time to actually process these questions. And uh, for those those of us who actually have commitments, who have family, it's really important to schedule the time. And uh, so other obligations are impeding on it, impeding on your time of actually um of doing this because oftentimes when we don't do it and we're not focused, it's hard for us to kind of reflect when we're thinking about, okay, I have to do this, I have to do that. But when we actually have scheduled the time ahead of time, it makes us to have a more uh, centered level of thinking when we're actually going through the process. Yeah, that's good. And the, the thing I can hear people saying is, I just don't have time to do this. And I would say you don't have time not to do this. It's like, you, know, you don't. It's, it really is. It's it. The, the consequence is that we kind of just walk through this next year and, you know, are in some ways a um, victim, for lack of a better word, of our circumstances because we haven't intentionally and thoughtfully planned and visioned out. And so I would just yes. say if, if, if anyone's thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't have four or five, however many hours. Think think about that. That is an investment in yourself, in the impact that you will have in every aspect of your life. It's an investment in your relationships, in your work, like in your spiritual life. And so highly, Absolutely. highly recommend, recommend taking the time. Okay. So we just went through part one, which is review and complete the past. And the part two of the year end process is what you call embrace the present. Embrace the present. And it's really simply one exercise that I want to walk people through is that's just the gratitude exercise. I think one of the things after you've reviewed the past, reviewed the previous year, is that it can oftentimes bring up, hopefully bring up more positive emotions than negative ones. Uh, but it just it does take a lot of emotional energy, I think, to just process uh, those events of the previous year. And um, and so as a way to kind of break it up before you actually look forward to the future is to stop in the middle to embrace the present and really just write down, take 10 to 15 minutes to write down 10 things that you're grateful for um, that may have happened over this last, you know, 12 months. Uh, you may see, you know, God's grace in a new way as you just uh, really take that time to actually be specific and thank God for what's taken place over this course, over the course of this previous year. Um, you know, gratitude often is one of the, uh, and I, I say make it a practice because, you know, we always oftentimes say, Lisa, you know, be grateful, be grateful. But what I really want to help people to internalize is to make gratitude an exercise, make it a intentional practice mm. in your daily life to actually schedule a time in your day to sit down and think about or write down what are you grateful for in the moment? What are you grateful for that's taking place just in that day? Because I, I tell you from personal experience, gratitude opens up so many things in our life that would not be possible if we do not take time to practice and acknowledge what we're grateful for. Um, one of the key things I think gratitude will do for a lot of people is that it will release and relieve a lot of anxiety over the future and possibly regret over what's taken place in the past hmm. uh, for some of us. Uh, but gratitude, gratitude is really important for us to practice, to make a part of our daily lives. And so I include it in the process because I want people to uh, take a moment to really consider what's taken place over the last year to think about what's going on in their life at that present moment that they're grateful for. Uh, because sometimes if we're not, um, uh, if I use the analogy and our analogy, but use the reference in scripture that every time, most of the times when you see in scripture, God was always inviting the children of Israel to, uh, make some type of memorial 
to reflect um, on his faithfulness in their lives. You think about Joshua 4, uh, before they're about to cross over into the promised land, you know, he instructed uh, the uh, 12 priests to take a rock from the middle of the Jordan and to leave it there. And this would serve as a reminder in generations to come, you know, when children ask, you know, what are the meanings, what are the, what are, what is the meaning of these stones? They will be able to say to their children, even the next generation that, you know, God brought us through uh, on dry, on dry ground. And it was a reflection of, uh, it was a moment for them to want to be grateful um, and to remember God's faithfulness in their lives. And that's really essentially what gratitude exercise helps us to do is to reflect on the faithfulness of God in our lives and not to forget about that. Because oftentimes when we forget how God has been faithful, you think about the children of Israel, they're always grumbling and complaining because they forgot um, what God had done in our lives. And you think about the amazing thing that God had done. I mean, who in the world will be able to feed a million people from quail that was falling out of the sky? We just think about that. Okay, these a million people were being fed from the sky on a daily basis. And still after God had provided for them in that way, we go on a couple of uh, chapters and we see them again grumbling and complaining. Yeah, which is like us. (laughs) Yes, which is like us. So the gratitude exercise, I think that's awesome. And and one thing I'm thinking about too is there may be people thinking, well, I have nothing to be grateful for this year. Well, this is a reason. (laughs) You should put down 20 things that you're grateful for then, right? You know what I mean? Like to really... Like really press ourselves to do that. And and yes. there's always something to be grateful for, but we can really lose our focus on that when life has not yet turned out the way we quote unquote think it should. But I love getting into this space, this embracing the present. Take 10, 15 minutes to write down 10 things you're grateful for right now and be specific and look back on that. And you know what? For those of you who are overachievers, put down 20 or 30 and see what happens. (laughs) So that's the the embracing the present. How about part three, looking to the future? So looking to the future, uh, four quick questions you want to ask yourself is what experiences do I want to continue in 2018? So you look back to 2017, you look at the experiences that were helpful to you, that encouraged you, that edified you, that helped you to be productive, um, that you enjoyed, that you found a sense of fulfillment uh, at doing, you want to create more space to do those things in 2018. Okay. Uh, Question number two, what new experiences do I want to create and make room for in 2018? So you may look through your previous year and had a desire to do some things that um, were kind of out of your comfort zone, but you didn't do those things. Mm. And I want to say to you now, 2018 is the year to get out of your comfort zone, yeah. uh, make some potential time to plan those experiences and create room for those to take place uh, in the new year. Yeah. And that could be that could be, gosh, hiking the Grand Canyon, right? That, Man, it that, can be something. Yeah. Just as simple as that. Well, yeah. I say that simple as hiking. But yeah. Well, hiking I, I, well, well, it depends on what kind of physical yeah. shape you're in. But now that you're off sugar, you're, you're better, better able to do it. But it could be something like. Hiking the Grand Canyon or traveling, it can be, hey, you know what, I'm finally going to write that book. Or it can be, you know, I'm going to go back to school. It can be anything, right, that we want to create room for that we've been delaying out of fear or procrastination or, you know, whatever it may be. That's good. So what new experiences do I want to create and make room for in 2018? And the third question here under looking to the future, you say, what are the habits and routines that served me well in 2017 and how can I build on them? Yep. So this is essentially asking, you know, the routines and habits that you had in place in 2017 that really helped you to make a a fantabulous year. Um, what are those routines and how can you build on them and make them either more deeper or more meaningful to you um, so that you can carry them throughout the rest of your year 2018 as well? Um, you know, one of the uh, routines that I started with um or me and my wife started. Actually, my wife initiated. It was just family, uh, a family vacation, mini family vacation every Friday to something around the city. Wow! And uh, yeah, it was so meaningful. I enjoyed it. it was you know, me, my wife, and my son. I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. He always had a great time uh, doing it. It was a great way to make memories. And uh, so one of the ways I'm kind of deepening that is taking more pictures and actually, or are planning to do in 2018, is take more pictures and actually put them in a scrapbook and kind of mark week by week the kind of vacations that we experienced 
on a, a weekly basis. So just kind of as a kind of a way to kind of deepen that experience because it really was a great source of joy and gratitude for me as I look back through some of the pictures in my iPhone and saw some of those some of those experiences. Just trying to want to want to actually deepen it and capture it in a more meaningful and special way to our family. That's awesome. And the final question and looking to the future is where do I need to get clarity on what I want? Tell me more about that. So this is important because, you know, we may be looking at 2017 um, in a healthy way and we're looking for 2018 and there's just some things that we're not clear on. We kind of have question marks about, if you will, Um, for some of us that may be a, a career transition. Uh, it may be, you know, uh, you know, me and my husband have tried to, um, you know, get pregnant, you know, is it now time to consider possibly adoption? Is that, mm-hmm. you know, what the Lord may be leading us to do? And, uh, so there's some really important, uh, things that, so for some of us, we may be clear on what we need to do in 2018. That's completely fine. But for some of the individuals listening, they just may have some question marks around certain things that they find, that are important to them that I really want to make a decision on as the new year starts or at least make traction towards 2018. And so just to kind of capture those things um, and to, I would invite people to really just start praying through uh, how to get clarity on what those things are. And this is kind of one of the things, you know, if people reach out to me, we can have a conversation on what that means on getting more clarity and can help them in that way, but at least to acknowledge or just make a note of what are the things that I'm kind of I'm fuzzy or fuzzy or unclear about as I enter into the new year. It's really good to mark what those things are. That's good. And we'll, in, at the end of the show, tell people how to connect with you. So we have a limited amount of time left. So let's breeze past these, um, the exercise for looking to the future and then the final maintain the momentum. If you can go through those yes. real quickly, that'd be <clears throat> awesome. Perfect. So in the exercise that I really wanted to, um, that's probably the simplest one, Lisa, the exercise, write down the goals. We have so many ex- uh, tools that can help us actually write down our goals, but I think the biggest part of the process was what we just went through. Okay. So writing down your goals is really just, those goals I think will naturally come as people reflect over the previous year, go through the questions that we've already stated and look to the future. Your goals will be a lot easier to set as a result of going through those exercises before. Okay. So really write down the seven to 10 goals that you want to accomplish this year. And then you mentioned considering physical, spiritual, emotional, educational, career, relationships, recreation. And then you mentioned for each goal, then write down two or three statements on why the goal is important to you. And then you say, share the goal with one to two people, you know, will encourage you and support you on your journey. So tell us a little bit why, why should we have two or three statements on why the goal is important and why, why bother sharing our goals with others? Yeah. So two things. One, we want to write down those two to three statements of why, because it helps us to remember as the year goes by, as demands increase, as responsibilities increase, and we're tempted to give up on the goal to connect with why we even wrote it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you'll stay connected to them. Uh, you remind yourself of why you wrote the goal. And uh, essentially, if it's really not a goal that you want to continue and your why is not strong enough, that you, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, it's really important, I think, to share um, your goals with uh, people that are close to you, at least one or two people, because oftentimes I believe the greatest enjoyment we have, or I believe, is that God really accomplishes our, our goals and community. And he gives us space to share um, or maximize our potential in the presence of those who are connected to us. No one ever got uh, to reach in their destiny without the participation and without the collaboration of other people. And uh, so it's really important for, I think, you to share with one or two other people that you find as trusted advisors, trusted friends, that one will encourage you, help you, that they can serve as a resource if you need to ask them questions but really to be a sounding board and uh, to hold you accountable and pray for you and encourage you throughout your process. Yeah, that's good. And then going real quickly back to the three statements on why, just think about one that 
often is a, on a person's goal list is getting healthy, physically healthy in the new year. And so when I'm doing my workouts for three, four weeks, maybe a couple months, and then all of a sudden I want to hit the snooze button when I, yeah. go, when I, right. When I go back to that, why, yes. like why I'm really doing this. Cause I'm getting a little bit older. I want to have more vitality. I want to, you know, I want to fit into my clothes better or whatever the case is. We reconnect with, okay, my why is bigger than me wanting to hit the snooze button. So we have got, the goal has got to be, as we said earlier, tied to something that is bigger than the goal itself. Absolutely. One of my, because health was one of my for this year, really want to be more uh, healthy as it relates to dieting and exercise. And one of my whys is, I believe uh, there are people that are attached to my assignment and what I have to offer. And uh, there are people that are waiting on me to step up to do certain things and I can't do those things if I'm not healthy yeah. in my body and mind. So, and that's good. Uh, and then one thing I'll yeah. say too, is this part of the living a life unleashed podcast is that we're, you know, playing full out and living fully into who we're created to be and make a positive contribution to others along the way. And I love what you just said about your health goals is it's more, it's bigger than James. It's about the impact that James is meant to make on the world around him that God has called you to. And so when you're more physically healthy, you're, you're, you're better able to do that. Well, let's hit the last uh, part of this year-end review process, which you call maintain the momentum. And you say here to schedule time weekly and quarterly to review and adjust your goals if necessary, and then research the tools and resources that will help to maintain your progress. So tell us a little bit. So the scheduling time weekly and quarterly to review and adjust, huge, because if we just, I've done this before, I've made goals, and then I like tuck them in a drawer and never even look at them again. <laughs> I'm sorry yes. to admit that. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, we've gone through all of this work. We best, as you say, schedule time weekly and quarterly to review. So talk about this adjusting piece because sometimes we can review our goals, but tell us a little bit about the adjusting. Yeah. So the adjusting really takes place as a result of, you know, what we've may have experienced this previous quarter. Um, one thing that I, because uh, I, I added this actually last year myself too, because I realized, man, in the course of pursuing one of my goals, I actually found that even uh, a bigger goal that I wanted to accomplish to replace that one. The goal that I had set was really, uh, to be honest, um, linked to a, a limited belief that I even I didn't know I even had, mm. and so I set the goal not knowing that I had this limited belief. And so when I came across, I think I was at a, either at a conference, heard a speaker a presentation, and it really uh, rocked me at my core where I'm like, man, this is one of my goals. I think I need to, or I, I asked myself, I think I really need to adjust uh, this goal now that I know um, what this limited belief is. And I don't want this goal to be based off a of limited belief. So I removed it or adjusted it rather. Um, and, you know, I met the goal, but it was just, a sense of as you go throughout the year, there will be conversations. There'll be moments and experiences that you have that will prompt you to go back to your goals and either adjust some of them or remove some of them. Some of the goals that you may have that exist or maybe goals that you have written because you think they will, um, they're based off somebody else's expectations of how you ought to live your life. Mm. And you may not know those goals exist that you set the goal initially uh, because that was what was deeply rooted in your heart. But as you go throughout the course of the year, there are experiences that arise that prompt you to consider, man, maybe I'm living a uh, life or living a certain part of my life based off somebody's expectations of what I should be doing. And I want to do that. And so when you schedule time to regularly re review your goals, you can actually look through and say, Oh, you know what? This goal was actually set because I really wanted to, um, if you will, people please and make mm. this person happy in my life. And so let me either adjust it to make it fit my personality, fit my, who I am, fit my life stage and season for where God has me. I just need to get rid of it completely. Yeah. And you know what I love about that, too, is we give ourselves permission to adjust because I think sometimes we set these goals and maybe we set the bar too high. I mean, we can't we shouldn't be going from zero to 100 when setting yeah. goals because we set <laughs> ourselves up for failure. Right. So yes. I, I love this piece about being able to review and adjust accordingly, permission to adjust and that we get honest with ourselves. Are we adjusting because we are kind of, you know, not we're we're, you know, being, um, 
I don't want to say laming out a little bit and we just yeah, want life absolutely. to be easier or are we adjusting legitimately because we've have a change in perspective, like you said, and we yeah. want to set a goal that now that we have more information is actually more healthy and, and more aimed at, you know, reaching the objective we want to reach. So I, I love that. Cause I think often, again, we set goals and we think I'm tied to this goal because I, yes. I wrote it in blood and I can't change it. And that's not true. We, we always say, Hey, if we made the goal, we have permission to adjust the goal. Just be honest yes. with ourselves in the process. And this final thing that you say is research the tools and resources that will help to maintain your progress. So I'm assuming this may be like seminars or books or taking a class or getting coaching, which you're good at. We're going to give more information in a minute, but yeah, what were you going to say? Um, and so actually two of the tools that I got both from Michael Hyde, he's really been a person that I've uh, value listened to. Um, one is day one, it's a journal app. Uh, but it helps me to, uh, regularly consistently journal because I obviously have my phone with me. Always, um, I don't always have my journal with me um, when I go, but I always have my phone with me. And day one is essentially a journal, not essentially, it is a journal app. Hmm. And it uh, allows me to obviously enter into my journal. It's password, password protected. Um, and then to the, the other two was a kind of a full focus planner. You guys can check that out by Michael Hyatt. Um, it's really helping uh, kind of planning your at least 90 days out. And, um, in a nutshell, it's, it's helped me to kind of capture what I need to invest in as it relates to my business, my family, and really kind of keeps all of that information in one little planner. Mm. And, um, and, uh, so that's been really helpful to me. But again, like you said, researching either seminars, investing in coaching, uh, to, uh, help you progress, uh, either professionally in your relationships, whatever that may be, maybe, Hey, I need to see a therapist once a week or once a month, or I need to go to the seminar, whatever it is, there are plenty of tools and resources out there that you can take advantage of. Right. And remembering to invest in ourselves so that we can fully live into, um, who we were created to be and make, again, make our contribution to the world that we were meant to. So before we wrap up here, what, what do we do when we get discouraged? Let's say we've set these goals and man, I'm just, I'm just discouraged. What would be your word of advice? Um, one of the things, because I've often struggled with discouraging about own history, is one to remember, and we, you know, we say this, you know, all things work together for the good of those who love God and call it towards, towards purpose. Um, what I always want to encourage people to do is to remember um, that in, in the face of discouragement, that one, God is always present with you. I don't want to say that lightly. Uh, whatever discouragement that you have, uh, that you have or are facing um, in life right now, uh, that God is present with you. He will help you, help you to navigate that season of your life. Uh, two, there are people that you need to connect with. I think there's God gives us vertical grace and moments of discouragement, which are is our relationship with Him. Mm. Uh, but oftentimes He presents. Um, measures of horizontal grace or excuse me. Yes. Horizontal grace where he wants us to connect with other people because oftentimes our discouragement, um, and our healing is going to take place in, in the context of community. So connecting with others too. uh, thirdly is to really get down to the source of your discouragement. Many people know, uh, Lisa or feel like they are discouraged, mm. but they really haven't asked questions to really kind of unearth. Why are they discouraged? Um, and if you can get to the root of your discouragement, most times, most times we have a service answer, you know, it's because, you know, I, I had this experience, you know, my mother may have passed, which is legitimate. Um, or, you know, I, I got let go of, you know, from a job, but most oftentimes those are the presenting, I call those kind of presenting circumstances that, you know, we say to ourselves a why we discouraged, but really something it's, it's deeper, hmm. um, most 99% of the time, it's really deeper. And when we're able to get to the root of our discouragement, it creates questions that we can have in dialogue with God in the community with others. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, James. I think you're so amazing. This has been such a gift to me as you've talked us through this process of, of year-end review and really planning for the future. And I just, I think you're amazing. I'm so excited 
for who you are, who God's called you to be, the impact that you've already made on people, the impact that you're going to continue to make. I know you've reworked and rewired and kind of refocused yourself business-wise and the impact that you want to make. And so tell our listeners a little bit about how can we connect with you? Tell us a little bit about your coaching. Tell, Tell us a little bit about that. Perfect. Yeah. So you guys can connect with me at uh, jamesperkins.help. That's jamesperkins.help uh, uh, for these uh, show uh, questions or uh, this document. If you just type in jamesperkins.help, uh, uh, I think that's backslash uh, year in review, uh, you'll be able to access uh, this document that we've just went over um, with Lisa and uh, I'll be able to go there throughout the course of the year. And then as well, I have a contact page. If you want to reach out to me for coaching, you know, I really, um, really feel called to serve. I say I aspire entrepreneurs because they tell us, you know, we want to pick a target audience. Uh, but I really love working with big dreamers, people who have a passion, um, who actually have a service, some gift or talent that they want to offer. And they believe it's going to be useful to uh, people. Really to kind of help them, if you will, I call it, own their brilliance. Hmm. Um, because I think oftentimes, you know, before, you know, people setting a business plan or starting a business plan, we really need to get clear on who we are and, uh, embrace our brilliance because oftentimes the thing that will hinder us most often in business in life is not necessarily, um, the, our strategies or our education. It's really just our own personal psychology, what we believe is possible. And, uh, so I work with people to kind of help them, uh, master those mindset challenges so they can really make an impact in their sphere of influence. And uh, so you can check me out again at jamesperkins.help. I'm on uh, Facebook, um, Instagram, James Perkins on Facebook and James Perkins help on Instagram. Uh, but again, I would love to connect with you. And one of the things I love to hear from people is just how this may have encouraged you. And uh, so if you're online, via social media, please let me know how this has encouraged you. We'd love to connect with you and uh, hear more about your journey as well. Yeah, you guys, I highly recommend. You got a little taste of James in this hour, but he, um, you are up to extraordinary things, James. And again, thank you for sharing sharing part of that brilliance uh, with us. And you guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. As I say every time, the goal really is that we would live a life that is unhindered and unleashed and that we would live fully into who we're created to be and play full out, not hold anything back. And so I hope this podcast today has encouraged you share it with your friends and hey, listen to this podcast several times. There was a lot of information in this podcast that is super useful. And as you review your year end review, review this podcast, come back to it because I promise you something else is going to spark every time you do. Again, share it with friends. And when you do listen, please leave comments and leave reviews. And when you do that, it helps others to be aware of what we're up to. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. And here is to an awesome 2018.